Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today with Kevin Farrell, the, our producer in the studio. And our special guest today is a dear old friend, Claire Holly. Hello. Welcome, Claire. Thank you. Good to be here. What brings you to old Mississippi? Um, a new record and, you know, seeing family, um, but mostly doing some shows on, yeah. in Mississippi and the East Coast. I actually drove from California to Texas to a camp to do music there and, uh, so I'm kind of, you know, here between gigs. So you drove Cal- from California to Texas, Texas to Mississippi. Back to Texas to, Back for to more Texas. gigs to, and to drop my sons off at a camp. And then now I'm going to go to Atlanta tomorrow. Good gracious. It's, it's, a, lot, it's a lot of driving. It's an it, it, uh, interesting life you live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you, you're from Mississippi? Yes. Yeah. I was born in Jackson at, you know, UMC. Yeah. And went to school here? Yes, I did. You went away at some point. Yes, I did. Uh, I went away to college, to a college called Wheaton College in, you know, the Chicago area. And uh, I don't think I've lost my accent. Oh, you're good. I, I still, you're good. I still, people still ask me in California, you're not from here. <laughs> How long have you been in, it's L.A., right? Yes. Um, we moved there in November 2003. So that's going on 15 and a half years, I think, if mm. I'm doing the math right. So um, I never, ever thought I would live in Los Angeles or really anywhere on the West Coast. But um, we like to tell people that it was our compromise, my husband and I, and my compromise between Nashville and Spain. Ah. And so. Uh, <laughs> you, yeah. were in Na- you were in Nashville? We almost moved there. Okay. We, we lived, um, when we first got married, we moved to North Carolina and lived there for, you know, about six years. And then uh, at somewhere along the way, we were kind of getting a little restless and wanted a change, and it ended up being Los Angeles, not Nashville. Well, it's an interesting place to live. I can only yeah. imagine. Yeah. I've been there a few times, but uh, never slept more than two nights there, I can, as that's I recall. A, that Maybe three. Me. Maybe three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a new record, and yes. it's called Every Hour. Yes. And you want to tell me a little bit about the new record? Sure. Um, it... Uh, it is a 20th anniversary follow-up to Sanctuary. Sanctuary is, uh, was my second release. It came out in 1999. And my dad, um, who was a professor and a minister, heard me sing a hymn at my cousin's wedding. And he said, uh, Claire, I, th- I think you ought to think about making an album of hymns. And I said, sure, Dad, if you pay for it. And so um, I found myself a year later in a studio in Durham, North Carolina, recording hymns. And people really seemed to enjoy the record. And it was hard to make, but it ended up, uh, I think, doing, you know, I started getting radio play and stuff. People really liked me singing hymns, and they're like, well, do some more hymns. And I didn't want to. Right. I thought, I got other, I got other songs to write, other albums to make. So it felt right to 20 years later to put one out in 2019. So it was the first thing I ever crowdfunded. Um, that was an experience, you know, so it was 
So dad didn't pay for this one. Dad did not. Dad, dad is no longer living. Dad, I think, would have, I think he would have enjoyed the record, but he did not fund it. I like, <laughs> I like, I like you reminding me. <laughs> I like you reminding me of that. Your other friends. My, my other friends, one. a lot of family and friends and some, even people that I didn't really know. Kind of. So you're out touring, as we say in the industry, you're out touring the record. You're out working yeah. the record, yeah. playing the songs on the record from place to place, promoting mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. hoping to sell it, mm-hmm. getting some air, hopefully get airplay, yes. hopefully to get interviews and yeah. spread the gospel according <laughs> to every hour. So this has taken you, uh, are you off to gigs after the, the brief Jackson stay? Is that? Yes, and I'll I'll be coming back to play sort of, uh, a show at Northminster Baptist Church on July 14th. So okay. that's in a couple of weeks. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'll be back in Mississippi. I'm going to go play in Atlanta and a few things in North Carolina and then Charlottesville and D.C. So it's it's a manageable amount of dates. Right. But, but, yeah, coming back to Mississippi to get reunited with my, my family and um, and play in Jackson. And the boys are at camp. In Texas. The boys are at camp in Texas. And, and mom yes. is off to so that, promote the record. Yes, yes. So that was somewhat planned, I'd uh, say. Tell me a little bit more about your, your the show because this, our, yeah. you know, you'll have a little time from, from the time that people here, you and I, visit yes. until the show. So is it open to the public? Open to the public, free. Um, you know, Northminster has been a real support. It's where I used to go to church. Chuck mm-hmm. Poole's there, you know, it's where I used to go to church. And they've been a real support to me through the years. And so it felt right to to go there and, and have a kind of a record release. Um, I will probably have some special guests, but mm-hmm. that's to be announced yes. later. TBA. TBA. And what time? And what, again, 5.30 p.m. Right. So okay, I, know, I know a lot of people go to church at that's that right. time, but th- it will be a little bit like, like a church. musical church. Yeah. Since it is a... Yes. A gospel record? Would you call it is it? a gospel record. A I'm song yeah. of hymns. Mm-hmm. It is, and there's some that are really, really old, like the very first song called "Begotten," which is uh, just my retitling the song of the Father's Love Begotten is like from the fourth century. Wow! And the writer's name is Marcus Aurelius Clemens Prudentius. Good gracious! So I mean, he'd be happy to know you're still. <laughs> It was in performing his work. It was, I think, in Latin when it was written, but Uh now it's been, you know, translated. So, it's, it's that's what it it has. I would say it has a variety. There's something for everybody on on here. So, if Sanctuary was your second record, what number is uh, every hour? I think it's twelve. I try. I know. I know. You have so many records. Well, no, I think it's twelve because I actually wanted to go back and and figure out how many. Now, some of those were collaborations or you know five song EPs or something. Gotcha. But yeah, I guess officially it's my twelfth. So recently, uh, you you did a, a television uh, concert, uh, an intimate evening at the Cedars with Mississippi's Port Laureate Beth Ann Finley. Yes, can, can, and, and it was recorded for television, uh, and it, it played on June the twenty third. And we trust it will play many times over as great programming here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting there you does. Go. But uh, tell us about the evening. Uh, it's entitled "An Evening with with Claire and Beth Ann." Talk about that. A bit. Well, she, Beth Ann, and I met around the time Sanctuary came out, so that we met around two ninety nine two thousand, and she was so friendly to me. You know, I know she's Illinois girl now. The now the right. poet laureate. Um, so sometimes when I would come to Oxford, I would end up staying with her and Tom. And we started kind of 
thinking about this idea of doing something together where maybe she read some poems and I sang. So in 2009, we did Music in the Hall, which folks in Oxford know. Yes. Yeah. That, that's that sort of mm-hmm. concert venue. Yes. And so before that, I took uh, one of her poems, Kudzu Chronicles, and put put some of the her words to music. And um, so we just did kind of a little bit like what we did with Music in the Hall, except it was a little bit more of a planned thing. Like we talked about how her poems would, you know, um, transition to a song. And mm-hmm. so it was more like we had a set as opposed to, well, Bethann, you know, you just do some poems and I'll do some songs. It was more like a thing we were doing together. And we did we did about five of those. And we did one at a library in Fayetteville, Arkansas, that was really fun. I mean, we were talking earlier today about playing in libraries. You can have a really good show in a library. There's some great libraries uh, across the country with really great space for music and poetry and all sorts of things. Libraries have changed since you and I were growing up in the small communities that we grew up in. They just used to be a place where you'd go check out a book. Now there's a, there's sort of community life and mm-hmm. arts and culture and gathering mm-hmm. places and people using the Internet and all sorts of fun mm-hmm. things going on at libraries now. Yes. So it's really great. My guest today is Claire Holly. Claire is a Mississippian, born and raised, has left us uh, for the golden shores of Los Angeles, uh, but comes back from time to time to make art and has recently put out a new record entitled Every Hour, which is uh, gospel uh, selections, her second gospel album, and uh, among other things, has recently collaborated with Beth Ann Finley, our current poet laureate, in uh, an evening with Claire and Beth Ann uh, at the Cedars. Um, but you also did a collaboration with David, uh, a dance and music collaboration, David mm-hmm. Carey, right? Yes. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Sure. Um I was here singing with Kristen Mooney, um, who uh, we were had a duo called Powdercoat, and Powdercoat ended up winning the what was that award called that um, they give to musicians and writers in Mississippi? I'm forgetting uh, the Mississippi Institute. Thank of you, Arts and Letters. Yes, M I A L, yes, not to be confused right. with Music in the Hall. M I A L. Y'all won that award. Yes, and that was I. I really really enjoyed uh, writing with Kristen. And so we were playing at Helen Mel's and um, David Carey comes up to me and I had, I think that may have been the first time I met him. He said, oh, you play a Loudon guitar. I play a Loudon too. And he said, have you ever thought about having your songs danced to or, mm. you know, choreographed? And I said, that sounds really, that sounds really cool. Um, so I ended up emailing him later and saying, you know, we should, we should do that sometime. And so you know, a year and a half later, I think we, we got a date, and um, that was a lot of fun. It was it was a lot of work. I'm sure he would say that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and But it was a lot of fun. We really hope to do it again maybe more than once this time. And where was that performance? Dooling Hall, Dooling Hall, February the 3rd, I believe. It mm-hmm. was in February 2016. So it w- was how many dancers were involved and how much music? Uh I ended up writing, I think, three pieces that were com- three completely new pieces, mm-hmm. and then there were some songs that I'd written several years ago that they that they danced to. Uh, I would say it was maybe fifteen to twenty dancers. Some songs it was just three. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, there was the girl that was 
that was that killed before her graduation. She was yeah. one of the dancers. Oh, was she? Yes, yeah, she was. Wow. Frances. Is that, wow. is that her yes. name? Yes. Yeah. That was a tragic, tragic. But she was moment. amazing. So she was one of the leads. And she was just uh, in high school, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Good said. So when you do these um, sort of collaborations with the mm-hmm. Mississippi uh, Ballet and with the Port Laureate, are these things that you do in other parts of the world, or are these things that maybe are only capable or are only possible in Mississippi because of longstanding friendships? Do you do these in North Carolina? Do you do these in yes. California? Yes, I do. Um, I would say you're right. There is more of a history here, and um, I have done probably more things like the ballet here in Mississippi. But, you know, I've um, recently in in L.A. I got to curate a whole night devoted to Eudora Wealthy. Oh, boy. And that was uh, it was a little theater in Santa Monica, and that was a collaboration with a, a host of a of a show where she presents poets and writers and musicians. And so we put together a show. So, I mean, I just, I like working with other people, whether that's here or there. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today. I'm also the executive director of your Mississippi Arts Commission. In the studio today, my good friend and and great singer-songwriter. Do you like being called a singer-songwriter? Sure. Claire Holly. It's, it's, it's all encompassing. Well, you know, some people think that's being pigeonholed. Well, it's just it's not. It's okay. What else would I call you? Um, Americana folk artist. There you go. That's another option. Vocalist. Vocalist, vocalist kind Musician. of sounds sounds like oh, I'm a jazz. <laughs> and by the way, I think you're doing a great job in this in oh, your position. Well, thank it's you. nice to have you. Nice Street. to have you back where you belong. Yeah. So, you got a new record? Yes. Gospel, traditional gospel tunes, some very old, mm-hmm. uh, and it's called Every Hour. And uh, if I understand correctly, you, you did some special arrangements to make this record. Do you want to tell me about that? Sure. Um, when, as I said earlier, it was, you know, a, a, a follow-up to Sanctuary. So I knew the, the kind of material that I wanted to do, which was hymns and arrangements and maybe try writing a couple. But I was trying to figure out, well, do I work with the exact same musicians as before? Do I go back to North Carolina where I did Sanctuary? And um, I was obviously not living in North Carolina anymore, so I was thinking, well, do I want to fly everybody there? So I decided it would be fun to go to a kind of a remote location um, where I would actually leave my home and go and stay for a while and kind of get off the grid. And so uh, I thought it would be fun to have John Plummel, the same producer from Sanctuary, come from Durham and record it and engineer it, and he did, and he, he brought all this material. I'm sorry. He brought all this equipment, not material. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it ended up being material as well, but he brought a lot of equipment to this place called the Cody Center at this uh, place called Lady Lodge, which is a, re- a treat area okay. in Lakey, Texas, L-E-A-K-E-Y, uh, in the Hill Country, and we and then I flew Victor Krause on bass and... Uh, Dan Phelps, they came as well. So there were three of us recording, and we recorded 14 songs in about four days. Some of those didn't end up going on there, but it was we were recording mostly live. Mm-hmm. And then when that was done, uh, I had the basic tracks, and then I invited guest musicians back in L.A. to kind of overdub some Yeah, lay parts. some stuff on top. Lay of some, some stuff. stuff on top, but the, the bulk of it was done 
in those four to five days in Texas. Now, was it in a studio, recording studio, or was it on a stage? I mean, what was the room like? The room was like a small listening room gallery. Mm-hmm. Like imagine kind of the Cedars, but maybe a bigger room okay. where there are paintings around and there's a piano and people come to listen to music. They have concerts there. You know, it probably seats 100, 150 people. Gotcha. So it was sort of a, you know, large enough room. And John, they had, they had just gotten a bunch of yoga mats. And so John used the yoga mats ah. to sort of as sound. Yeah, I was wondering how you dealt with sound. It was amazing. He used he used a, uh, a bookshelf of hymn books with towels and yoga mats. He was ex- incredibly creative. And there's photographs online to see what this all you know, what it all kind of looked like. and um, But he got amazing amounts of isolation. Amazing amounts of isolation. That sounds like something from, like, you know, Spinal Tap something. <laughs> he got amazing. He did get, he had a real creative way of of getting uh, good sound. And he and he, he said he had a blast. He did have a blast. We all, it was good. <laughs> you know he did because I you think, were there. Yes, he did. So 14 songs in four days. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. I think that's right. Um, I mean, a couple of those I did solo, yeah. you know, before everybody got there. Yeah. So how many songs did you show up with in your, your satchel? I mean, did you show up with oh. 14 songs or did you have hundreds of them that this were is, possible? This is kind of embarrassing. I don't know if this is embarrassing. I, I don't always know what I'm with this. I just didn't know until the day of, until I got there. And I had ready, you know, maybe 20 mm-hmm. that I could and and some just didn't feel right to do with that, and so, um, yeah, I had like, I had, I had to go through so many songs to figure out the final. You know, it ended up being uh, thirteen songs plus a hidden track. So, um, of all those, I probably did demos of you know forty to fifty songs during the four days. No, I'm sorry. No. Pre-production. You showed up with. I showed up with about ideas of like, oh, maybe I could do the some some of these twenty to twenty-five. I got you. And some that I really like the demos of, we just didn't, it didn't, we didn't get around to. They're just, you know what, there's a lot of, there's a lot of songs out there. there it's one record. You don't have to cover, <laughs> you, you're just, be realistic, you know, don't, don't try to bite off more than you can chew. So, um, so you're in Texas in this lodge, this retreat with your people that you've, yes. you've gathered up. And you, you show up with 20 or so songs. Mm-hmm. And, and did, do you know that you only have four days? Did you just book four days and that's all you oh, had? I, so there was like Pressure City? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it Pressure City. Um, but, yes, we did have a certain amount of time because, mm. you know, people have to get back to do things and have to get back to see my, my people. Um, but um, we recorded pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. It was... When you get, I feel like when you get the right people in the room, yeah, you know. And John Palm would say this: "Well, recording's not the problem. It's just, are, you know, are you are you ready?" And I felt like we were ready, and so we had probably did as much listening back to tracks as we did playing. You know, we we might play it a couple times and listen and be like, you know, that was that was pretty good. Let's go have lunch and come back and do another one or li- listen to it again with fresh ears. Do you do you ever play live with this this group? Oh, um, I wish. Are these just your special recordings? So friends? I have played with Dan a good amount live. Mm-hmm. I've never played live with Victor. He is he played recently here in Jackson with Lyle Lovett. He he is the Lyle big band show. Mm-hmm. At the in fact, when I I thought it was it, he was at Thaliamara the night that I that he basically said yes I will do this. So oh, I okay. thought that was kind of 
that was pretty cool. I was like, well, go make sure you go to this restaurant. <laughs> go do I won't, this, I won't do say that. which restaurant. <laughs> um, but I, I'm hoping he's based in Nashville. I'm hoping to go play a show with him and Dan and kind of do sort of not recreate the record, but at least get play some place the songs with them. But that's, you know, hopefully down the road this fall. So I would think, and I don't know, that the, the planning never ever ends. The, the new record is out. You're out promoting it. But I would imagine there's already a concept for the next project. Yes or no? Um, sort of. Mm-hmm. Sort of. I mean, I, I feel like it may be time when I'm... I, I, I imagine doing shows in support of this for... for through for about a year, I, I really I imagine for another year. No, well, I mean, well, I, it came out June first, from June first, two thousand nineteen to June first, okay. two thousand twenty. So it's brand new. It's brand new. Okay. I imagine that I would go and and play, um, you know, at churches and places like that for the next year, and then I kind of want to take stock and sort of see what, not rush into the next thing, mm-hmm. but as we talked about earlier, like any kind of new collaboration is what I'm something that's slightly different than just doing another record. Right. But yes, I have got I've written some new songs and imagining other projects. I always kind of do that. What's different uh between playing a bar and a church? You seem to play both with ease and comfort. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I I think both of them can be really enjoyable. Um let me talk about their similarities first. Okay. Everybody that comes to a performance, whether they pay, whether they're going for free, whether it's a church or a bar, they're coming with something, with some, they're, they're carrying something. Maybe they've had a great day. Maybe they're going through a really difficult time. I feel like it almost doesn't matter where it is. My job is to speak to, the, to that person, speak truth. Hopefully some kind of something will be healing in that. And yes, I guess it's also a little entertaining too. But I really feel like probably when I'm at my best, the the point of the music is to help people. Hmm. That may sound really idealistic, and well, I think art helps people a lot. I do. Yeah. And so, so that's the similarity. Um, the difference is maybe there are. There are probably expectations for both. When people come to a bar, you know, they might want to have a drink and kind of relax and just kind of, you know, detach a little bit. And uh, maybe when people come to church, they're expecting something a little more like soulful. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But 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 some people would say that you get more soulful things in bars than church. I don't know. It just it depends <laughs> on who you ask. I feel like you can find them both in both places. If Mahalia Jackson's singing at a church or a bar, it doesn't matter. I'm with you. I'm, I know. I I know. I'm no Mahalia Jackson, so I just have to be the best, <laughs> the best me that I can be. But she's, you know, she inspires me because she's being the best Mahalia that she can be, or you know Willie Nelson, or you know, just I think really the goal is to just be yourself as as much as you can and get comfortable up there, mm-hmm. and hope the rest will take care of itself. So the church that you're going to be performing in, yep. uh, Northminster, yes. is the church you actually grew up in? I uh, I grew up at, I did not grow up there. Okay. I'll tell you, the church I grew up in was Trinity Presbyterian Church. It is now called Redeemer Church, and it's on uh, Northside Drive. Okay. Um, but it's not. So the place where I grew up is now called a different church. But gotcha. I'd love I'd love to play Redeemer too, yeah. for that matter. Have you ever? Yes, I have. 
And I, there's when a, you were younger or in no recently as a grown up singer songwriter Americana artist. I have played as a grown up at Redeemer Church. I adore the music at Redeemer Church. It is so good. And I'm trying to get a singer from over there. I'm not to come sing with me uh, as a guest at Northminster. I'm, yeah, it's not worked out yet. Well, no, I'm we're still working on it. His name's Arthur. Uh, if you hear this, Arthur, uh, <laughs> we're expecting you to be out. Yeah, there. sometimes my guests can it can be kind of last minute, mm-hmm. but um, but there'll be something special. So uh, this has nothing to do with yeah. perhaps what you do, but how is the music different in Redeemer Church than it is in Northminster? The 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 music that is part of the, well, the service. Well, you know, I mean that that. Church music can be as varied as the churches themselves. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of Redeemer Church has, um, I would say the music is, it's 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 a mixed audience, like mixed races, or uh-huh. it's 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 as you know, there's just a lot of like kind of gospel music that's that's real like R and B driven, and then right. there's sort of some more traditional hymns, and I just think they do a really good job of blending these different genres. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Northminster has a choir and an organ, and I love that too. Like right. I love the variety of music that that is possible. It's just sort of a different. It's probably a little bit more on the classical um, realm, gotcha. you know, gotcha. if that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up listening to church choirs and organs, and I love that. And that's probably where if I chose to go, I'd probably go to more like a St. Andrews, like an Episcopal church with all that stuff. And yet I play guitar and mm-hmm. I sing. So when I go play in churches, I'm singing it, sitting up there with a the guitar. And a lot of churches these days are kind of going more like the rock and roll kind of like. Full band, trap yeah, set. Yeah. And I, electronic keys. you know, that's, there's a place for that. I think it's just, you have to figure out how to make it not entertainment mm-hmm. and sort of something that gets people to a reflective kind of worshipful place. I mean, we're talking about the hard things that are talk hard, talk about in some ways. Yeah. Well, I agree. I grew up in the church and participated in the music and Well, in what way? I sang in the choir, you know, as a, a youth. Yeah. And uh I mean, I loved being involved. I played some keyboards, but not really so much in public, but in private. Yeah. And all of the music that I heard growing up, whether it was in the First Baptist Church in Perkinston or Jerry Lee Lewis and Fats Domino, it all impacted whatever music I made yeah because it was it was omnipresent it was always yes. always there and I would I mean you you probably have so many influences we couldn't name them all in the time <laughs> that we're here this is an MPB think radio podcast welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour I'm Malcolm White I'm here with you on this Sunday afternoon I hope you're having a good one it's a little warm outside, but hey, it's summertime, and it's the absolute least that we could expect. Right, Claire? And I want to say that I have enjoyed the humidity. Coming from a really dry climate, you know, especially when it rains and it's at nighttime and you walk outside and it's not cold, I just, I know that's a little crazy, but I've, I've enjoyed the balmy air. Yeah, you know, most everybody else is, is trying to get to California, and you're reminiscing about the humidity in Mississippi. But it's 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 still early July. <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're not talking about moving back. You're just talking about enjoying the humidity no. while you're here, yes. right? <laughs> it, the mosquitoes I could do without. That's yeah. that's the part that keeps me. It's a little rough. Yeah. You ever get used to them. Claire Holly's my guest today and she has a brand new record out called Every Hour. It is mm-hmm. a, a record of uh church songs. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right? Sure. I don't want to it's not really a gospel record, right? It's 
You just you know it's hymns, hymns. Sort That's of the word. some arrangements of hymns, and and but there is a <laughs> there's a Beach Boys song on there that you're gonna hear, you know you're gonna hear at some point today, um, because I was in a real Pet Sounds phase, and I was just in love with Brian Wilson's melodies. And it occurred to me, wait, I'm doing a gospel record. He has a song called You Still Believe in Me. What would that sound like if it was kind of put in the context of hymns? You know, he's writing it for his teenage girlfriend or Mm -hmm. something. But I thought, so I, so that was, that's one that maybe sounds a little bit more like maybe different than the others. I'm a big Pet Sounds fan too. And I saw Brian play the show uh, here in Thalia just a year or so ago. He came and did a benefit. And with a gigantic band, big orchestra that he brought, and 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 the and the idea was he was supposed to play the whole Pet Sounds. He didn't play the whole Pet Sounds record, but he played a lot of it. And it was and it was both sad and remarkable because he's gotten some health issues, right? And, but he, it was great to hear it, you know, because I grew up on it as a child. Of course, you know that record came out in sixty four or five, mm-hmm. somewhere in there, mm-hmm. and you know, and I was a a young rounder, and I was very interested in what was going on in California, surfing and, and all of that. But anyway, so you, you put a put a Beach wow. Boys song on there. Yes, I did. That's good. And, and the way that we're playing it is it, it, it was the lead-in to the show, and it'll be our, what do you call it when you're going out, Kevin? Outro. An outro. That's such a helpful a word, outro. Word. I love that word. What do we can do on the outro? And we honey, can fade I, it. You and I are finished, and this is my outro. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were calling me honey for a minute, Malcolm. Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. So the new record is out. You're out touring it. It just came out. Just came out. Mm-hmm. It's fresh. It's and fresh. Um, and then you've got some other collaborations going on. But, I mean, it's it's hard not to ask, like, what's next? Uh, I know you're mm-hmm. going to come play some Mississippi shows mm-hmm. pretty soon. So that'll be something that yes. we can tell our audience about. Yes. Yes. So in addition to the record release July 14th, I'll be coming back in October to play Hattiesburg and Clinton and Jackson and then hopefully Oxford. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll be the first weekend of October. Um, but I have enjoyed one of one of the sort of side projects, I guess, is doing a little bit of songwriting teaching, which is I, I used to think, well, I'm not a teacher. My mm-hmm. dad was a teacher. My mom teaches or they used to teach, but I, that's not really not my gift. But then somebody asked me to do it, and I thought, I'll give it a try. I'm scared to death, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to give it a try. And it ended up going maybe even better than okay. And so um, a, a young lady named Eliza, who is about to go to college in Vermont, asked me about a year ago if I would teach her songwriting or teach her guitar, and it turned into mm-hmm. guitar and songwriting. And so she wrote, I would teach her a chord. She'd go and She'd go and write an amazing song, and eventually I said, you know, you should probably record these. So she asked me to be a part of it, and I kind of became a producer of this, and it was a lot of fun to work on somebody else's project than my own. It felt very, it was really satisfying. Is it out? It's going to be out probably in August. These are all songs that she wrote under your tutelage. Yes, she really, I, I all, I sort of feel like I don't really do anything. I just kind of am a cheerleader and mm-hmm. and and say, you know, maybe maybe repeat the chorus. I don't really say like, oh, you shouldn't use that word. I mean, it's mostly her her ideas that I just sort of help some of the, with some of the structure. I think and and encourage her. 
And so she's in Vermont and you're in California. How do y'all do this? Well, so she, I'm sorry. She's in California. She's about to head up. She's a very much a California girl and okay. about to head out to, you know, Bennington for college. To go to college. Yes. So she's just uh, yes. high school. Yes. Age. Yeah. So yeah. she's. And do you know the name of the record or what songs or anything about it? You produced it. Yes. It's, her name's Eliza Henderson. I think it's going to be called California Burning. Um, uh-huh. Given our. Yes, given, given, recent our, <laughs> given the recent history. So, uh, but we still, it's, it, we're still, you know, she's still finalizing artwork and like we got to get, you know, we're still getting the songs mixed, but um, so it should be out by the fall. Does she have a record deal or is she self publishing? Totally indie. Yeah. Totally indie. But she fly, has an amazing think. voice and could easily get picked up, as mm-hmm. they say. Yes. Is she a good performer also? Is she an entertainer? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, she's, I mean, she's, she's, her parents, you know, love old school music. She, so I would say a lot of her heroes have been some of my heroes. So maybe there's a reason I really like her voice. She, you know, she loves um, a lot of the people that I like. So, have you seen Rolling Thunder, the Bob Dylan uh, documentary? I've, no. Okay, I've I've seen. I'm I'm a big fan of music documentaries, but I haven't seen that one. Okay, there was just so, a scene in there. I was okay, ask you about, but I'll save it. Oh shoot! So, uh, so you've produced a record first time. First time. And in a real live, big time studio or a home studio? How, it was, where, it was where a nice was studio. Well, she, well, she said, uh, "Well, we we know this, we know a guy with a studio in in the San Diego area. It's actually in Carlsbad, about a couple hours south of where I live." And I was thinking, "Who knows what this could be?" <laughs> yeah. It ended up being in a really great studio with a really great engineer. And so, uh, we it was. Eliza, the engineer named Tommy, and me, and then Eliza's friend, whose name was Bella, and we all, it was just a really, you know how that goes when it just feels right in the room, yeah. and you can't explain why that is, and everybody's kind of, you know, she recorded, I think, eight eight songs in a day. Wow, how, good. I don't know how, you know, and I played on several of them, and then she played some, but she just, she seemed really comfortable in the studio, and so that was that. So when you play these days mm-hmm. um, at the church, the the record release party at Northminster, you're going to have some some other musicians. Is that right? Yes. But when you're out there, when you talk about I'm going to play Hattiesburg, Clinton, Jackson, Oxford, is that Claire Holly solo? It usually means that I'll be playing solo, or I might have one other guest if I can wrangle somebody. Mm-hmm. I've I prefer to play with other people, even if that's just one other person in the room for part of the night. I, I enjoy watching other, you know, I enjoy the dynamic between, you know, and playing with another musician. Right. I just think it's, it, I think it's often more interesting for the audience. It's more interesting for me. It it makes for this kind of like a little bit of the, ooh, who knows what's going to happen. Right. Um, right. So when I'm playing in Los Angeles, I have people that I play with there, but I can't always fly people with me nope. you know I'm so right. that's kind of but i but anyway like when i go to north carolina i'm, I'm gonna go to north carolina and, and play there over the next two weeks and i have a bass player that i play with there okay who also played and this is from the room. time you lived in north carolina yes yes so there's a relationship now mm-hmm. do you get many gigs planning when going back to north carolina yes play? that's because you had a fan base there yes and they're, they're still I would, I would say that's my one of my bigger fan bases is there so that's was kind of the goal for is to get there i mean it's it's a it's a long drive yeah it is but um but well worth it so i'll play a radio show and then i'll play a church and i'll play a theater on the area 
So a radio show used to mean you'd go in to the radio and they would be live broadcasting and you would get to sing a song or two during the DJ's morning show or afternoon show or something. Is that still what a radio show looks like? Or is the radio come out to your show and record part of it and play it on the radio? You know what? I think it's more that. In fact, this is technically not a radio show. It is a sh- it is a live broadcast show at a theater. Oh, and okay. I, I shouldn't call it. It's a little bit like Thacker Mountain yeah. going to play, yeah. you know, at different venues. So there's gotcha. a host and like, you know, a, a backup band, and that kind of thing. Right. That You've played Thacker Mountain? Yes, I have. Many times or a few? I mean, more than a few. Mm-hmm. So that I'm, I'm hoping to play Thacker Mountain in October. Well, it <laughs> seemed like the right time with the new record. Mm-hmm. It and, does. Yeah. Uh, I love that show. And when you go to Oxford, where do you play? Different places or the same place? Um, I've played Proud Larry's, and um, I feel like yeah, there was a – is it possible that I played a sushi place? Maybe not. Two so, stick? Maybe. Two stick because – And, you know, music. I played the, their uh, double-decker the a, a while, a while mm-hmm. back, like, you know, a while back. Um, but Music in the Hall and then Square Books and then um, Proud Larry's. Do, when you play uh, bars, yeah. uh, do you struggle with the noise and the chatter and the sound, or because you're you play rather quietly, I as know, it were? I know. And or so, do you just like go with it? I kind of go with it. Used to it. I mean, I have an electric that I play as well. That kind of cuts through sometimes. So. Um, as long as I kind of know going in, all right, there are going to be a lot of people talking. I, I usually don't mind too bad. Uh, sometimes it's. It can often be harder to play to an absolutely really quiet audience. Like a church. Yes. No one talks in a church. <laughs> I guess it depends I mean, on the church. I mean, you hear a few whispers, but uh, yes. it's pretty quiet in there. So, I mean, I guess it would be if I go into a performance and I'm thinking, I'm going to you know, have these nice introductions and I have the set list planned out and I've got all these little quiet, intimate stories I'm going to tell and I'm going to a really noisy bar, yes, that would be a, pro- that would be a problem. Right. But But I don't usually... I usually kind of know what I'm going into when I go into it. So, Have you ever had to stop in the middle of a song in a bar and say, ladies and gentlemen, oh, if you wouldn't goodness. mind. You know what? I have, you please? There have been times when I have gotten mad. I mean, when I first started, I remember getting mad at somebody and, and kind of calling them out. It was so embarrassing. Like, that, I'm so sure. Like, get over get over yourself. But, um but that ends up kind of making you look sort of like, oh, what's um, wrong with her? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. But and so, but my, I don't. I don't usually fight with my audience members anymore. All right. Well, Claire, thank you so much. This uh, has been fun. You, you sent me a text a couple of days ago about something totally different, and <laughs> and we struck up this conversation, <laughs> and here you are. And Kevin, thank you for making it happen. Thanks, Kevin. Claire, thanks for coming on the Arts Hour and talking about your new record. And, you know, thanks for the great music and the art that you make and yeah. for representing Mississippi when you're not here. We appreciate that. Thank you. Good luck on the on the road. The new record is called Every Hour, and it's full of hymns. So check it out. I'm sure you can buy it wherever records are sold. I have no idea. What is your website, by the way? ClaireHolly.com. ClaireHolly.com. Yes. Thanks a lot. We're on every Sunday at 5 o'clock, the Mississippi Arts Hour. See you next hour.